Wow. I haven't preached in front of so many people for ages. <laughs> Amazing. It's a long-standing tradition among some Christians, especially in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, to come to church on Easter Sunday ready to tell a joke. This is a way of celebrating that on Easter morning, to everyone's surprise, it was God who had the last laugh. Not the Roman Empire, not the institutional religious authorities, and certainly not the devil. It's God who's had the last word. And so, because I'm very happy to honour any tradition like that, <laughs> I've come ready prepared. So, from a true church notice, this being Easter Sunday, we will ask Mrs. Cusworth to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. <laughs> come on, come on. One Easter, a, sorry for those of you who possibly heard this one before, one Easter a priest and a taxi driver both died and went to heaven. St. Peter was at the pearly gates waiting for them. Come with me, said St. Peter to the taxi driver. The taxi driver did as he was told and followed St. Peter to a mansion. And it had everything that you could imagine, from a bowling alley to an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Oh, my word, thank you, said the taxi driver. Next, St. Peter led the priest to a rough old shack with a bunk bed and a little old television set. Hold on a minute, I think, I think you've got things mixed up here, said the priest. Shouldn't I be the one who gets the mansion? After all, I was a priest, went to church every day and preached God's word. Yes, that's true, St. Peter responded, but during your Easter sermons, everyone slept. When the taxi driver drove, everyone prayed. <laughs> uh, and this one, uh, not that it's particularly Easterish, but it, it, for us grandfathers, it will resonate. A little girl was sitting on her grandfather's lap as he read her a bedtime story. From time to time, she would take her eyes off the book, reach up to touch his weathered, wrinkled cheek. She'd alternatively stroke her own cheek and then touch his again. Finally, she spoke up, Grandpa, did God make you? Yes, sweetheart, he answered. God made me a long time ago. Oh, she paused. Grandpa, did God make me too? Well, yes, indeed, he said. God made you just a little while ago. Stroking their faces again, she said... God's getting better at this, isn't he? <laughs> Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God. Words recognisable from the blessing given by the officiant at the dismissal. That's the ending of the worship service. Words, in fact, taken from Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
In the main, I enjoy new things. So with my love of history, for example, I'm currently enjoying learning new facts and information whilst reading a book which explains the reasons behind why the 20th century was the most violent and warfaring in the history of the world. On the subject of history, it was really exciting to discover during some recent research that John Henry Smith, who used to live in Pearlyberry House and who contributed the vast majority of the construction costs of this church back in 1878, is in fact the great-great-great-uncle of our present queen. That's a new bit of information for the church archives. Today... Here in church, new things are happening. Doug and Lisa are involved in their first in-person Easter services at Christchurch due to the previous lockdown requirements. As like the spring flowers, we too are slowly beginning to poke our heads out into the post-COVID environment. We're enjoying new beginnings, finding new opportunities, both in our private lives and here at church. New people are joining the various ministries at Christchurch, such as the foyer coffee shop, although many more are needed in so many of our ministry areas. People are planning and preparing for new starts, first schools, transfers to secondary schools, universities, new jobs or new working practices, new places to live, be it Canada or closer to home in Smallfield. New things, new beginnings, new opportunities. Exciting, and yet also, at the same time, daunting. And for perhaps some, perhaps, more than a little scary. For me, this is the first time in 20 years here of ministry at Christchurch that I've been asked on a Sunday morning to preach from Matthew's Gospel. We've in the past tended to speak to John 20's version of events. Again, something new bringing with it a different insight into a familiar story, shared through the lens of a different gospel writer, but also within the theme of keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God as we continue our series on how we shape our worship that's pleasing to God. For the two women sorrowfully making their way to the tomb, early on that Sunday morning in observance of morning rituals, they were about to walk into something new. An event that would forever reshape their lives and those living at the time and to shape the events of the world to come for all eternity. Something new, exciting, but for some quite scary and unsettling. There can be no doubt at all that the two Marys must have been pretty shook up and afraid as approaching Jesus' tomb, a violent earthquake occurred as the angel of the Lord appeared, rolled away the stone covering the entrance and sat down. Certainly the guards who were watching over the tomb were so afraid that we read they physically shook and became totally paralysed with fear. The chief priests and religious elders were so afraid of what might happen to them if word got out as to what had happened under their watch, they paid off the guards with large sums of money to lie about the disciples coming during the night to steal Jesus' body. Yet, and importantly, it was to these two women alone, to whom the angel and then a few moments later Jesus himself 
The words, do not be afraid, were given. The peace of Christ, which keeps our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, was offered freely to those women in their time of need and worry. In the knowledge and joy of seeing, with their own eyes, right in front of them, their beloved and risen Lord Jesus, they received God's eternal love as they were blessed by that granting of peace which passes all understanding. They were filled with joy. They worshipped as they received that message of peace. Do not be afraid. At the very end of this same chapter from Matthew's Gospel, we read of Jesus speaking to his disciples as he encouraged and assured them in their time of fear and worry about what was going to happen to them now that Jesus was going away for a second time. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, he tells them, and us. Words which must surely give us peace and joy in our hearts and minds as we too are kept firmly in the knowledge of God's unparalleled love, grace and mercy towards us. Through the life, death, resurrection and ascension of our Saviour Jesus Christ, you and I, each one of us, have been reconciled back with God and we can now experience and appreciate the enduring and unconditional love of God in each of our lives. Yes, new things, new beginnings, new journeys, new relationships, new lives, new houses, new opportunities can be scary. But they can also be the harbingers of joy, excitement, release, a fresh start, especially if we walk hand in hand with our blessed Saviour during those times. Like the Marys, we too can receive the assurance of God's peace and the knowledge of his presence in our hearts and minds as we step forward in faith and follow wherever he leads us. We don't need to be like the guards who cowered in fear. A man, his wife and his cranky mother-in-law went on vacation to the Holy Land. And sadly, while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. The undertaker said to them, look, you can have her shipped home for £5,000 or you can bury her here in the Holy Land for £150. The man thought about it for a while and told the undertaker he would just have her shipped home. The undertaker said, well, why? Why would you spend £5,000 to ship your mother-in-law home when it'd be wonderful to be buried here and it would only cost you 150 The man looked the undertaker in the eye. A man died here about 2,000 years ago. He was buried here and three days later he rose from the dead. I'm not taking the chance. <laughs> a bit like Dave Allen, really. <laughs> no gin. The invitation from Jesus is there for you and me today. But there's no taking of any chances with that offer. The price has already been paid. The debt is cleared. And it's an offer that just keeps on giving and giving of itself. And that is the message that comes out of the events of the past few days that we've been celebrating together. That God 
so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son so that whoever believes and trusts in him will not die but will have everlasting life. Always to the very end of the age, that peace and assurance, that knowledge of the love of God is with us. That Easter peace, which doesn't mean to be in a place where there's no noise or trouble or hard work, but rather an Easter peace, which means to be in the midst of those things, but yet still to be calm in heart and mind. My prayer for today is that each one of us here present or listening in will take this opportunity of making a new start in our walk with our Saviour. To take up that invitation delivered to all and revealed in all its glorious truth through the death on the cross by Jesus and his miraculous resurrection. To commit ourselves anew to his service, to submit to his will, that wherever he leads, we will, like the Marys, follow in joy and in worship. So that we may, each one of us, experience that peace, that knowledge, that love and understanding of the eternal and selfless love of God and of the sacrifice of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. In our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, this day and always, to the very ends of the age. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.